Matthew chapter 14. So good to see so many people here at 9 a.m. I love it. Matthew chapter 14. I'm beginning to read it uh, at a verse 22. If you're there, can you shout a big amen? amen? It says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. I just want to take a quick pause. If Jesus prayed, how important is it for us to pray? This is Jesus, the Son of God, and he took some time to get away from the crowds, go up on a mountainside and pray. And I just hope we always are a community that knows the importance of prayer. It says Jesus went by himself to pray. It says later that night he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Here he sends the disciples off. He says, I want you to get on a boat and uh, meet me on the other side. And uh, I'm just going to go up, take some time to pray. And all of a sudden, as the disciples are getting ready to go to the other side, in the middle of the lake, here a storm comes again. The disciples look like they can't get away from storms. And then it says, uh, verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. I pray those words come for you this morning. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Come on, is that blessing anybody this morning? It's blessing my soul. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. Peter, the one who always opened his mouth and the one who was never shy of talking, said, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down off the boat and he walked on water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And then they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Verse 34, then they crossed over. They landed at Genesaret and the men of that place recognized Jesus. They sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and they begged him to just let the sick uh, touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. All who touched it were healed. Out of Matthew chapter 14, I want to share in the next 20, 25 minutes a quick message that God has put in my heart. And I, I think as we've been talking about storms as we kicked it off last week and we got the next two, three weeks to talk about uh, storms. Today, I, I got a message on my heart. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, write this title down. I will not sink. I want you to touch three people and tell them I will not sink. Tell them like you believe it. Even if you're sinking, you better declare it. I will not sink. I want you to lean in this morning. I want you to write down some notes. Um, studies show that those who write a lot of notes in church uh, actually make it to heaven. And um, I want you to write down some notes. Believe it's going to help you. And as we all lean in, I pray that over the next 20, 25 minutes, God will just show up. How many know we don't need another church service? We need a God encounter. We don't need another bunch of songs and listen to a message. What we need is God to show up in this place. And that's what I'm praying. Uh, we can sing some songs, but if God is not in the songs, then all it is is a performance. 
And I can come up here and I can say something, but if God's not in it, all it is is a speech. And what we need is the Holy Spirit to come and move and shake and heal and open up eyes. And that's what we're praying this morning. So if this is your first or second time with us, uh, you're going to see we love Jesus. We're crazy about Jesus because he's crazy about us. And uh, you're going to see we're not ashamed of the gospel. We are loud about Jesus because his love was loud for us. And uh, I just pray that today you see that uh, more than just we're just going to have a good time. But more than that, there's a God who loves you and a God who has a plan and a purpose for your life. We're glad that you're in this place. And I believe that if you open up your heart, open up your eyes, God today can reveal himself to you and show you that he loves you. Amen. Come on, let's bow our head, close our eyes and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here. God, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you're going to do. God, I thank you for uh, this space, this auditorium, this, this sanctuary, God, where we can meet as a community, as a church, to worship you, and thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for this past week, God. Some of us went through some storms this past week, God, and, and thank you that we made it again to the house of God. God, your word says to come into your courts with thanksgiving and this morning we're just thankful we're grateful you are so good god you are always good your presence your grace your mercy is always with us god we pray that today you may heal hearts open up eyes god i pray that you may show yourself again and again in our lives we want to see you better because if we see you we will never be the same again god i pray that uh, this winter may be the coldest winter in Chicago. See, D-Wade can return to the heat. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on, all God's people say. Amen. Come on, all God's people, one more time. Can you give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Who goes from Miami to Chicago? Anyways, how many love Miami, the city of Miami? You love Miami, love Miami. Anybody born and raised in Miami your whole life? Born and raised. Wow, a lot of people. Okay. No wonder it's so loud in here at 9 a.m. Miami's just loud. Uh, one of the things about Miami, anybody love the youth fair? Anybody love the youth fair? It's a staple, it's a staple in Miami. Now, the youth fair, as you know, can get a little bit crazy. If you lived in Miami any amount of time, you know that the fair is one of those things that you have to go. I've said this before. I've used it as an example before. But, uh, you know, you remember uh, if you grew up in Miami, you used to collect wholesome bread bags to get discounts at the door. My mom used to go all around Hialeah picking up wholesome bread bags so we can get discount at the door. Now, I remember going to the fair since I was really young. I mean, I was, I was tiny, young, going to the fair. And as you know, the fair can get uh, pretty packed. It can get, it can get absolutely packed. Lots of people at the fair. You're having a good time. It is awesome. It is amazing. I don't know about you, but I love the rides at the fair. I love the Polar Express. Anybody love the Polar Express? Pastor Hedda doesn't like it so much, but the Polar Express is awesome. Anybody love the, remember the double looper? Anybody remember the double looper? I never rode the double looper. I love roller coasters, but the double looper, I don't trust it, but I love it. Anybody remember the hammer, the hammer, the zipper, all those things? They're awesome. Make you throw up. It's disgusting, but one of the things is that there is always massive crowds at the fair. And one year, I remember, I was probably about eight years old. We are at the fair. And uh, I, I got caught up with the lights or with the smell of elephant ears. Can I get an amen? And uh, as I looked, as I looked back, my, my parents were out of my sight. My parents were out of my sight. And, and I started to panic. I, I started to get scared. I, I didn't know what was going on. And finally, I said, okay, there, there goes my dad. Now, anybody, you know this sense of, of, of fear when you're by yourself and you're like, oh, my goodness, I lost who I was with. When you find them, you're like, whoa, thank God I found them. So I go up and I grab the hand. 
Now, as the man looks down and I look up, I realize it's not my father. <laughs> Has that happened to anybody? You just grab somebody's hand that it's not your wife, it's not your husband. You're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're single, you're like, but don't mind if I do. Um, <laughs> it was not my dad. And I'm just like, okay, what is going on? I was lost at the fair. Now, you can get lost in a lot of places. You get lost maybe here in church and find your parents are in the overflow or they're in the cafe. By the way, we have an awesome cafe. It's not that. But at the fair, when there's thousands of people, it, it was a pretty scary feeling for an eight, nine-year-old. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought my life was over. I'm looking all over the place for my parents. I can't find them. I think being alone and being lost is one of the worst feelings in the world. Worst feelings in the world. Like, have you ever seen somebody's face when they are lost and alone? It is, a, it is a face of terror. One year, my parents decided to take me and a bunch of, uh, of my friends from youth group to uh, Rock the Universe. Rock the Universe is a big Christian concert every September in Orlando. And we all go to Rock the Universe. Now, that morning, we decided to stop to Burger King to grab some breakfast. How many love bre breakfast at Burger King? Anybody in here? It is from God. If you haven't tried it, try it. We're Burger King eating breakfast. Then we all jump in the van. My parents said, rent to the van. We jump in the van. We are on our way to Universal Orlando. We were having a blast in the car. All of a sudden, we're looking around the car. And we're like, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. There's eight. There's only seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is me and all my friends. My parents are great, but that day they were just preoccupied. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Jeff was missing. We're like, where is Jeff. Like my friend Jeff, my, this is from my youth group, like his parents trusted us with him. And Jeff is not in the car going to Universal. And uh, my, my dad is like, like, like he's going crazy. In the, in the, like he's driving, but he's like, where's Jeff? Where's Jeff? Stop playing. Jeff is under the seat. Somebody get Jeff out. Where's Jeff? In the trunk. Somebody get Jeff out. That's not playing. I'm going to pull over. I'm going to throw I'm going to pull out my fire. You know what I'm saying? Like this is no joke. And we're all, you, you know, like, we're not playing. Jeff is not in the van. And uh, my dad does a quick U-turn. We go back to the Burger King where we had eaten breakfast, and Jeff is outside like this. <laughs> that face was... <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that, driving up to Burger King, seeing him outside, like, why? Why? Like, why did you forget... <laughs> Why, why would you do this? I could imagine. I think he had gone to the bathroom when he came out, seen all of us gone, going outside, of, outside to the parking lot, seeing the van gone. They brought me to Orlando to leave me here. <laughs> that sense, that feeling of being by yourself must be horrible. I mean, his face showed it all. It, no lie, we were gone probably about 10 minutes. I'm surprised they didn't call the cops. Did he just stand there in the parking lot for 10 minutes? I don't know. But his face was, I mean, being lost, feeling alone is one of the worst things in the world. I think all of us can relate. Sometimes we felt like we are, you know, in life when storms hit us, sometimes it feels like we are forgotten about. Sometimes it feels like we are alone. If you've ever been through any storm in your life, if you've ever been through any situation in your life, there are going to be moments in your life where you feel like you are by yourself. There are going to be moments where you feel like God has forgotten all about you. You can quote a lot of scriptures. You can come up here and sing a lot of songs. But let's say the truth. When the rain begins to come down, when the thunder begins to sound, when the wind and the waves begin, there are moments where we say, God, where are you? You've forgotten about me. 
If I'm the only one, then please pray for me. But I think all of us at one point or another, we say, God, you, you forgot about me. God, God, you've abandoned me. God, you, you've forsaken me. God, God, I mean, you're, you're answering other people, but you're not answering me. God, God, I see you working. I mean, okay, I see the global church and I see what you're doing all over the world and I see what you're doing for people and Instagram is the worst because it brings comparison and you're on Instagram and you see how God is blessing other people and how God came through for him and God came through for her and you're sitting there like, where is God in my life? And I love God because God doesn't come when we want. He comes when he wants. God doesn't come to our desires. God comes to his desires. He has a plan and a purpose, and he's never late. He's rarely early, but God knows he is always on time. And maybe you're here this morning, and you're saying, Alex, I feel like that this morning. I feel like God has forgotten about me. There are times in my life where I'm going through a storm, and I feel like I'm by myself. Here, I'm, tell I'm telling you this morning, you are not by yourself. God is with you. He has not forgotten about you. He has his eye on you. He's never forgotten your life. God knows exactly where you are. He has not forgotten you. We learned about storms last week. Storms are inevitable. They're going to happen in life. Storms are going to happen. We are going to go through circumstances in life. Storms may come to perfect us. Storms may come to test us. But at the end of the day, they come to reveal what we believe. And I wonder what we believe when the storms of life come into our situations and circumstances. What do, you, what do you do when something goes terribly wrong? What do you do when tragedy hits? What do you do when you get an unexpected phone call? What do you do in the middle of a storm? What do you really believe? I want to ask you that this morning. What do you believe in the middle of a storm? Because I think a lot of us can talk about God. A lot of us can talk about Jesus. A lot of us can say God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Can you say that in the middle of a storm? The storm will reveal what we're anchored to for real. What is it that we are anchored to? I love Mark, Mark, Mark chapter 14, uh, Matthew chapter 14. I love this story. This is G. Now, remember last week we talked about the disciples in the storm as well. Here they are in a second storm. It seems like you're either about to go into a storm, you're either in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. But a storm is always involved in our life. And disciples here are about to go into another storm. Jesus had just finished doing one of the greatest miracles of all time. Jesus had just finished uh, multiplying some loaves of bread and some fish. He had finished feeding over 5,000 people. How many remember that miracle story? Over 5,000 people. It says 5,000 men, not including women and children. Some believe up to 15, 20,000 people could have been there present. Jesus just fed them all. He made fish fillets for everybody. And uh, they all eat, and now they all want more from Jesus. Funny, a lot of times we come after Jesus just because of what he can give us. I just, I'm just here because I want to see if he can provide for me financially. I'm just here to see if he can give me some food. I'm just here to see if he can heal me. But do we come to God because we really realize he is the son of God? He is really the only one that can take away the sins of the world. This is really why we should come to Jesus. Healing is nothing to him. Feeding us is nothing to him. But the sins of the world, he is the, sin, he is the savior and the only one that can take the sins of the world. And here they're chasing him because of what they can give him. So Jesus is like, you know what? Send them all away. I'm, I'm going to take some time. I need to pray. I need to pray. These people are getting on my last nerve. I need to pray. And uh, he, he sends the disciples. I want you to get on a boat, and I want you to meet me on the other side. I want you to meet me. They were going to Bethsaida. He goes, go to the other side. Get on the boat. I'm going to go up to a mountain and pray. 
The disciples are like, all right, we're going to get on this boat. They go down off the mountain. They get on a boat. They start going in the middle of the Sea of Galilee again, the same huge lake they were in last week. They get on this boat and they start crossing to the other side. While they start crossing, all of a sudden the winds and the waves begin to pick up. And it says that now they are roaring against the wind. Now they are roaring against the wind. Here they're trying to get to the other side, but the wind is against them. You ever feel like in life you are roaring against the wind? You ever feel like God, you know God has given you a word, you know God has given you a promise, you know God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but all you're doing is rowing against the wind. It seems like nothing comes out right. You try to find the right girl, girlfriend, boyfriend, you try to find the right man, you try to find the right wife, you go on Tinder, you go on Christian Mingle, you go on Farmers Only, you do everything you can, but nobody seems to work out, and everything just seems to keep failing. You get married and you try to go out on a date, you've been trying to go to counseling, or you try to get some healing, you've been praying and it seems like your health is getting better but it seems like you're going against the wind it seems like you try to save some money all of a sudden another situation comes up then all of a sudden you got a stack all of a sudden that stack is gone because an emergency came up you ever feel like you're against the wind this is life life we're gonna go against the wind it's not always gonna be rainbows and butterflies we're gonna go against the wind what do we do when we're against the wind here the disciples are in the pit. The Bible says it is the fourth watch of the night. In other words, it is between 3 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the morning. There are no lights, no iPhone flashlights. There are nothing. Here they are in the middle of the boat. The wind is against them. The wave, the thunder. And here they begin to panic. How do you know they begin to panic? Because they begin to think they see a ghost. You know what I love about this story is that Jesus is up on the mountain Jesus is up praying, but at the same time, his eye is on the disciples. It may seem like God is away from you. It may seem like God has forgotten about you, but I want to remind you this morning that his eye is on you. He has not gotten his eye off of you. He has promised to take care of you. Your life is in the palm of his hands. I wish somebody this morning really understood that God's got you in the palm of his hands. He has not forgotten about you. He has not taken his eye off of you. He's watching you day and night. The Bible says that God does not sleep nor slumber. In other words, when we're sleeping, he's watching over us. Now, that can be creepy or that can be awesome. <laughs> when you're sleeping, he's watching over you. God is always looking after you. He has not forgotten about you. He loves you. The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. All of a sudden, he's making his way to the disciples. The disciples in the middle of this storm must be thinking, God, where, where are you? I don't, I don't see where you are. God, God, where, he told us to go to the other side. He forgot. He's up on a mountain. God, how can you do this? That's how a lot of us are with God. It's funny because sometimes God will send us into a storm. God told them to get into the boat and go to the other side. He said, I want you to go in the boat and go to the other side. If I was one of the disciples, I'd say, look at the mess you got me and God. I can't believe this is the wife you gave me. This is the husband you gave me. God, you told me to. Sometimes being in the will of God might send you right in the middle of the storm. You don't believe it, ask Jesus. The will of God got him crucified. Maybe sometimes you are in the way. Sometimes it's like, oh, you would think we think life is supposed to be full of peace. Life is supposed to be awesome. It is. But still, the storm is going to come to test our faith and really see what we believe. I want to show you three quick things. I got eight minutes left. Wow, time flew today. I want you to write down these quick things, three quick things that I think can help us. Don't focus on the size of your storm. Focus on the size of your Savior. 
Don't focus on the size of your storm. Focus on the size of your Savior. A lot of times I think what we do is that we focus on the waves and we focus on the wind. A lot of times you may be going through a health issue here this morning. You may be going through a marital problem here this morning. You may be going through some things that you're like, I don't understand what is going on. And all we do is look at the size of the waves and look at the size of the wind. But I know that there is a Jesus on my side that loves me so much that his eye is constantly on me that he's going to make his way to me wherever I'm at. I love this because Matthew chapter 14 literally just gives a, a description, a picture of the gospel. Gives a picture of the gospel. Jesus comes down to save us from our sin. And then he goes up and he's at the right hand of the Father. And at times we think like, okay, Jesus, you went up at the right hand of the Father, but you forgot about me. But the truth is that his eye is always on us. And the truth is that he always comes to us. And this is what Matthew chapter 14 shows is that no, no matter where you are in the storm, he is going to come to you. Jesus is the God that approaches us. I think so many times religion and old church mentality maybe has taught us to, we got to get close to God. We got to strive all we can to get close to God. I mean, you got to spend at least 10 hours on your knees to get close to God. And, 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 and you got to do all these things to get close to God. The truth is that you and I, even if our perfect behavior couldn't get close to God, so God came close to us. He's the God that got out of his throne, became a man, came down into earth, lived 33 years in this earth just to get close to you and to me. He's the God that loved us so much that he came down just to be with us. This is the gospel. The gospel is that God has never forgotten about us from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time, because Adam in the garden sinned. Eve in the garden sinned. And the Bible says that they hid from God. And here comes God again in the picture saying, Adam, why are you hiding? He's a God that always pursues us. He's a God that always comes after us. He's the God that always comes close. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know because you're in the middle of a storm. You feel like God has forgotten about you. I want to tell you, he's on the way. Help is on the way. In fact, help already came in the form of Jesus. And he's close by. What happens is that the storm usually magnifies our fears. Here the disciples, instead of recognizing it was Jesus, they think it is a ghost. They're like, oh my goodness, it's a spirit. It's a ghost, they say. Have you ever, you ever had, I mean, you ever been afraid? Like afraid? It, it comes to test really what you believe. And sometimes the answer is right in front of you, but fear blocks it. You ever lose your keys when you're late to a meeting? You're looking all over the house like, I know I left those keys somewhere. I know I left those keys somewhere. Oh my God, I'm late to this meeting. I'm going to get fired from work and the keys were in the kitchen counter all along. problem is magnified when there's fear in our life. I know I, I had a friend who had been hearing so many stories about evil spirits or demons and all that. And sometimes we don't like hearing it. I know a friend here who hates hearing those kind of stories and we don't like it. We say, oh, and we get afraid and don't, I don't want to hear none of that. I can't sleep at night. It doesn't bother me, but some people are like, I don't want to hear none of that. I can't sleep. I'm like, no, don't hear it. No, and uh, I have a friend who, who, 
who hated hearing that kind of stuff because it messed with him. And he said, no, no. And I'm like, man, God's with you. Nothing's going to happen. You'll be okay. And one night he goes to sleep. And uh, as he's sleeping, he wakes up. And uh, he sees the form of a man in front of him. Huge. He said it's probably about nine feet tall. Huge, 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 huge. He said it looked like, like, like it was massive, a massive giant. And he begins to sweat in his bed. He begins to say, it, it's a ghost, it's a spirit. And he begins to, to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. He's like, oh, no, oh, no, not, not this time. I will not be afraid. I will not be. Oh, he starts speaking in tongues and he starts, he starts praying. He believes, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And the thing just moves. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to, oh, no, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you grew up in church, you just plead the blood of Jesus over and over and over again, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And he decided, he said, I'm going to leap and turn on the light as fast as I can. And if that, if that demon is not out of here, oh, I'm going to bring out my spiritual sword. Oh, I'm ready to go to war with the devil. He leaped out of his bed. He turned on his light. And then he recognized he had left his towel hanging on the closet door. <laughs> Sometimes our fear is magnified when we're in the middle of a storm. And what we have to realize, don't let fear get in the way. Don't let fear stop you of what God is doing. You have a God that is greater. You have a God that is with you. You have a God that comes close. He is on your side. He loves you. And he's promised to get you to the other side. He has not abandoned you. He's watching you. He's watching you every step of the way. Here the disciples are going crazy and they're like, it's a ghost. Where is Jesus praying? What is he doing praying? Who prays? There's a ghost here. <laughs> Jesus said, it is I. Do not be afraid, it is I. You know, in the Greek, literally what Jesus says is, I am. He reaffirms to the disciples, what you have seen on the long is not just a miracle worker. What you've seen on the long is not just a great teacher, it's not just a great prophet. What you have witnessed all along is not just extraordinary man. No, he's a man, but he's God also. And he says, you have not recognized all along. I didn't just come to give you bread. He says, I am the bread. He says, I just didn't come to give you a cup of water. I am the living water. When Jesus tells Peter, I am, do not be afraid. It is the same God who told Moses, I am. Tell, the, tell Pharaoh, I am, I am with you. I want to tell you that today in the middle of your storm, you do not have just a nice, cute savior. You do not have just a good teacher. You do not just have a miracle worker. He's not a magician. He's not an awesome guy. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And he's with us. And he promises that he made us. And he will get us through. This is God and he's with us. This is the God that we serve. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, then call me out. Call me out, God. If it's really you, call me out. And he says, come. Jesus says, come. Again, the gospel is so beautiful. This is what the gospel is about. Come. Jesus always has an invitation. He says, come. Are you hungry? Come. Are you thirsty? Come. Are you full of sin? Come. 
Are you, are you tired of life? Are you going through a storm and you're weary and you say, I don't get it? He is saying, come, come to me, all you who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. And Jesus tells Peter, come, stop fighting the storm on your own. Stop doubting. Come. This morning, I feel like God is telling some people, come, trust me in the middle of your storm. We are going into some uncharted waters in our city, Miami, and sometimes people can look at our city and say, oh, that's just a city full of storms. I don't know about you, but all I hear is Jesus say, come, come out to Miami. Come out and ride these waves. I'm believing for a revival in this city. I'm believing that God's going to do something amazing. I'm believing for 500 youth, and all I hear is come. Come out, come out to the waters. Because he's the God that rises above the waters. Jesus is walking on water. And because he's walking on water, you and I can rise above the water. This story is not so much about having great faith. Peter begins to sink and we're out of time, but Peter begins to sink and Jesus grabs him out of the water and says, why, why, did, you, why did you doubt? Oh, ye a little faith, put some back in the boat. That shows Jesus did CrossFit. He was really strong. Put some back in the boat. The winds calm down and they get to the other side. And you can say, oh, this is about having awesome, great strength. You need great, great faith. I don't really think it's about great faith. I really think it's about great grace. Faith, we do need to work on our faith. And I don't think that Peter didn't have faith. He had faith. He walked on water. I heard a preacher say one time, I'd rather be a soaking wet Peter than a dry Thomas on the boat. I think God is calling some of us to come out on the water. And you may say, I don't believe, I don't know, I'm trying. Just go out and do whatever God is that he's called you to do. But it's really about the grace of God that always catches us. I started preaching, I forgot all about points, but I think there's a point, point number three. It's about grace, but his grace is always there to catch us. Even when we fail in our faith, we are always caught by his grace. This morning, maybe you're in the middle of your storm and you've forgotten about his grace. You've forgotten about his love. You think he's forgotten about you. He, ha he has not forgotten about you. His eyes on you and he's going to get you through. And it is his grace that is going to help us rise above the storm. Doesn't promise to get us out of the storm. We learned last week we're going to get through it. But his grace is going to sustain us. His grace is going to pick us up and help us walk over the waves and get us back on the boat and get us to the other side where he promised and today I believe that there's some grace for some people here but all we need to do is lift up our eyes and put our eyes on him sometimes he's in the boat sleeping sometimes it may look like he's not around but he is always there by our side can you rise above it the other day we were coming from Phoenix me and Phil were on the way and there was a storm over Miami. And uh, we were supposed to land at one time. Anybody hates delays? And you get delayed like 10 times. Like there's a storm, we're gonna have to delay. We're gonna have to go around. I think like, we were like making circles all over the Everglades until we could land. Have you ever heard the pilot come on and he says, hey, there's some crazy storms. We've waited for the storm to go away, but we're gonna have to pick up our altitude to go over the turbulence. It's like, what? we're, we're going to go about from 25, 30,000 feet to about 40, 45,000 feet. Because we are going to go over the storm. Let me tell you, you may be going through a storm, but when you lift up your eyes and you put them on Jesus, 
sometimes all you need to do is change your altitude. And that comes by changing your attitude. When you realize that God is for you, when you realize that he's with you, when you realize that his grace is going to catch you, you just say, God, all I need you is to pick me up and I'm going to trust you. And I may be going through it, but your grace will get me through the storm. We are going to rise above. We will get to the other side. His grace is there for you. And he's promised to never let you go. Oh, come on. If you're in this place, I want you to get up on your feet. We're going to worship God this morning. And we're to say God I thank you I'm going after you I'm pursuing you but I will not sink come on feel like there's some people here this morning that you're going through it and you feel like God's abandoned you and you feel like he's either asleep on the boat or he's away from the boat I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to know he's a God that comes to you every single time Alex but I've been a bad person Alex I've done some wrong he comes to you every time Alex but there's some sin in my life Alex but I've done something he's coming to you anyways that's how much he loves you. Even when Adam sinned, he said, why are you hiding? Even when the disciples were full of doubt, he comes walking on the waves. He's making his way to you, to your family, to your son, to your daughter. He's the God of grace and he loves us that much. With every eye closed and every head bowed. We're out of time, but if you're in here this morning and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I, I hear you talking about God. I hear you talking about Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with him. I'm so far from him. I, in fact, I feel like God must be upset at me, mad at me. He must be angry because I've done so much wrong. Listen, God knows the details of your life and still he loves you so much. That is what the gospel is all about, that there is this great God who loves us with this great love that he sent his only son to come die for you and for me. Sin separate us from God. But that's why God sent his son Jesus. Jesus came and he took your sin, my sins, our failures, our shame, and he went up on a cross and he died for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus paid the penalty for them. He went into the grave for three days. After three days, he resurrected. Death cannot hold him down. Sin cannot hold him down. He is alive. He defeated that for you and for me. The Bible says that it is through Jesus that we have a relationship with God the Father. Today, all over this auditorium, in the lobby, in the overflow, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I want a relationship with God. I want to start brand new. I'm tired of following my own path. I'm tired of following my own decisions. I've been living my life however I've wanted. It has come to no good. I'm empty. I'm done. I'm tired. Today, God is offering you brand new life. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's promise for nobody. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I believe when I count to three, some hands are going to go up. If that's you, you raise your hand as high as you can. In a moment of privacy, you raise it up. I'm going to acknowledge you right where you're at, and then you can put it right back down. If you're saying, Alex, I want a relationship with God, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. At the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand wherever you're at. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. God bless you. Amazing. Anybody else? Raise your hand as high as you can, wherever you're at, in the lobby, in the overflow. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else? You just raise your hand as high as you can. 
those of you who raise your hand I'm gonna say a simple prayer and I want you to repeat this prayer with everything that you've got I believe that today you're gonna enter into a beautiful relationship with the God who created you and I believe that he's in this place whether you're watching online or whether you're here in the auditorium overflow or lobby I want you to repeat this prayer with everything that you've got the prayer doesn't save us it's faith and trust in Jesus that saves us in fact the whole church I want us to repeat it out loud say father thank you for today thank you for this opportunity I pray that today you come into my life I believe you're the son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected Jesus be my Lord and be my Savior from today on I am saved I am healed and I'll follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name Amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together?